help you fall asleep. Thanks for coming by. Hey, hey everybody, it's uh, time uh, for uh, the holiday uh, editions of Tale of the Tape uh, the next few weeks here as we lead up to the holiday season. And I said to my brain, what's a Thanksgiving like era? Uh, like, what? And I said, I don't know if there are any good Thanksgiving specials that I can remember. And I know there are. Uh, the cornucopia that cried. That was one of my favorite ones. <laughs> maybe I'll tell that next week. Maybe, maybe that'll be a Tuesday episode. Uh, uh, the call, the calling of the cornucopia. That, that movie changed everything for me. Children of the cornucopia. Uh, that one, uh, that one was a good, that was another good one. Uh, they said, Hey, we got, I think that was like the beginning of the Star Trek, the next generation. They said, well, we have plenty. Why don't we just explore and be kind to one another since we live in an era of cornucopias, uh, corn cob and cornucopias. That was a fan fiction. That was the sequel to my sequel of bed knobs and broomsticks, bread knobs and boomsticks. And then I wrote whatever I just said, cornucopias and whatever. I can't even, candies, candy corn, corn, oh no, that was another, that was a song I wrote, candy corn cornucopia. And I think I'm out of cornucopia material. That was, uh, that was something I said earlier just now. <laughs> uh, cornucopia of corniness, uh, the, the Scoot story, uh, version 45. Anyway, so I was, I was saying, okay, what holiday movies can I cover this year, 2017? Then, you know, and I said, okay, my brain, there's two I'm thinking of, but then this one's a big one. And I believe it or not, so so we'll do we'll cover it. If I once I think of the name, uh, Home Alone is the name of it. And if for some reason I associate this movie with Thanksgiving. Uh, maybe because I think it might be one one or two channels that's on 24 hours a day on Thanksgiving. Though the different channels now, they like I don't have, uh, I haven't had linear cable in a long time. Here's the thing, like uh, I don't mean to endorse any products, uh, but I've, I've been testing out non-linear cable products for over two, three, four years. I don't even know. Whenever they started, uh, what do they call them, cord-cutting cable services? And if you want to know the one I love, you can email me. But but uh, it's the name of a video game console by a high, by, by head and shoulders above the rest. Uh, so there's two I haven't tried out. Uh, but I really, I literally went running back to this service after testing a couple other ones out over the past two months. Uh, because you kind of do miss that. Uh, I don't know. It has the best of both worlds, I think. When you want to stroll the cable channels, you can do that. Uh, they don't actually do that, so I'm not sure if you actually, like, you can look at the guide and scroll, you know. But anyway, I'm pretty sure this movie, Home Alone, is uh, was, on, was on 24 hours a day. Maybe it's Christmas, maybe it's uh, New Year's, maybe it's uh, Thanksgiving, but I associate it with Thanksgiving. Well, why? At the end of that movie, the kid's given a lot of thanks. I think it might take place. I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, but it, it, it's a movie that I did not see until about three years ago. Maybe I saw it. Uh, not sure, I'm sure, not sure if I saw it before or after I started the podcast for the first time. And there were times the movie was on. 
I think, like somehow, I guess maybe I saw it in the background a couple of times, but I never even was sitting doing other things or even sitting like heavily under the influence watching it. Uh, like I missed the boat on Home Alone. And uh, like, I, I don't know why, it, not like I went out of the way to say, I don't like, I guess I like a little bit had a snooty attitude, maybe 25% snoot. Where I said, well, I, do I need to see that movie? I could, like, make it up in my head. And I'm not sure if I've seen any of the sequels either. Maybe I've seen a couple of those. But, it was like, uh, I don't know. Is there two sequels? There's Alone in New York. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know when those movies were filmed. Maybe I lived in New York when, like, uh, Home Alone 2 was filmed. I'm not sure. What was my point? Uh, well, I missed the boat. Part of it was like, yeah, I don't need to see it. But I think the other 75% was just like, uh, like I just missed the window. So maybe 50% just always missing it. Uh, didn't see it in the theater, clearly. And I guess like you, you like when I'm looking back, I said, well, was I like, a, like I, don't, I don't think I have anything against Macaulay Culkin. And once Macaulay Culkin and uh, the f famous handsome actor whose name I can't remember at this second, uh, they had this meme thing going one or two years ago. Uh, like I went from liking, like, uh, I guess not having a like serious opinion of Macaulay Culkin, like either way, just saying, well, Macaulay Culkin uh, to really li like loving who's a famous actor. What's the He was in the Blade Runner. La La Land. He's Ryan, Ryan, I almost said Ryan McGosling, but Ryan Gosling. So Ryan Gosling and uh, Macaulay Culkin, you know it's a sleep podcast when someone's describing memes to you and they're taking it like, uh, so welcome to sleep with me, but welcome back. If you drifted off, I'll put you right back to sleep. Uh, so at some point, Ryan Gosling and Macaulay Culkin were wearing T-shirts of each other, wearing T-shirts, like a MC, very MC Asheris. Uh, and I don't know how, many, how much of it was real and how much of it, but it seemed like they were just printing out shirts. Like, uh, it was really good. Like, uh, I guess I'd say cute, uh, char maybe charming. And uh, so, so, but I don't think I ever had a negative opinion of Macaulay Culkin. I mean, maybe some jealousy. I'm, I'm trying to just mine. Why didn't I see this movie? Uh, but it, like, I guess I don't have an, I don't have a good answer. I don't have a good excuse, but I guess it like, I'm not saying there's no excuse for it. Uh, but I will say this. I was so pleasantly surprised the first time I saw Home Alone from beginning to end. Also, a couple other things. Believe it or not, even though I watched it three or four years ago, it was on VHS when I watched it. It was at a place I used to work uh, with youth, and we decided to watch it, uh, like, to kick off the holiday season a few years ago. And we just happened to have a donated version of Home Alone and a VHS. That was like uh, the kids, like, got a kick out of watching VHS tapes. Yeah, not waiting for them to rewind, though. And we didn't have a DVD of Home Alone. So we sat down and watched Home Alone. And this was, so this was the first time I watched it. Uh, and then the preceding year or two, I would watch it about 8,000 times after that uh, while I was doing other work because uh, the kids would keep watching it or some kids would leave. Uh, so at least in the preceding weeks, I probably saw it 10 more times. 
uh, which is really going to blow your mind when I try to remember anything about it. But I only watched it once in completion uh, from start to finish uh, in my own defense. And I really, I really found it a incredibly charming and uh, a good movie. And, oh, no, maybe I watched it again with my daughter. Uh, okay, maybe back up, Scoots. Uh, maybe I watched part of it at work and then watched the whole thing with my daughter. Because I remember I said when I, when she watched it, it was like a little bit out of her league. So maybe it was like four years ago, maybe three years ago when you watch stuff with a kid. Like, uh, especially when you're a co-parent, uh, you don't want to watch a movie with a kid and then report it back to the co-parent that didn't go, that the movie was beyond their level. Uh if it was going to help not help them fall asleep or expose them to stuff. Uh, and my daughter's right around the maturity level that this was just like a, just a 0.25 a bit ahead of her. So we, you know, I had to talk to her and say, hey, you don't got to worry about it. This is a fun movie. It's just a movie. Now here's a factoid. The main character's name's Kevin. Like that just popped in my head. So I thought I'd say it. So I'd remember it. Uh, maybe. I'm pretty sure his name's Kevin. That's Macaulay Culkin's character. And to be honest, I don't know a lot about Macaulay Culkin either. Uh, other than like, uh, what you probably know about, like, like, uh, other than what I've already stated, uh, but he seems really nice. And, uh, yeah. So, so this is basically the fiction of the movie home alone, uh, combined with the fiction of me, but, you know, <laughs> maintaining it. But, uh, so I think that's it. I'm trying to think. So it's a movie. It takes place in Chicago. I'm pretty sure it's a John Hughes movie, but I'm not positive on that. Uh, it could be Reitman or a Ramis movie, but I, I'm, I'm guessing it's a John Hughes movie because only because it takes place in Chicago. But I'm pretty sure maybe Harold Ramis's movies take place there too. And I have no idea what year it came out. I would say 90... Um, it could have came out anywhere from 1988 to 1999, which is a pretty big span. And I really can't narrow it down. It could be, it could even be, yeah, 88 was probably the soonest it could have come out. Uh, maybe 98 would be the latest it came out, but uh, I don't know in there. I could look it up. If if we get stuck, you know, I'll pause the recorder, you know, if it gets really... Uh, if I don't have anything to talk about, but right now we got plenty of stuff. Uh, cause there's even like, uh, I have a couple of theories about, uh, I have, I have one theory about the movie and then our friend, uh, well on her Instagram, uh, Starly kind uh, from the mystery show, uh, last Thanksgiving, like I, I don't follow, I don't, I don't really use Instagram that much. Uh, but like, uh, she's one of the few people I, I was trying to follow more people, but before, for a while I was following like her and I don't even know who else. Uh, uh so if I don't follow you, don't make a big deal about it. But last uh, Thanksgiving season, uh, she had posted a, like a little photo, uh, taken from the movie, which we'll talk about, which I think, uh, she had re, I don't know how to repost things on there either. I think she'd reposted it from Charles uh, that makes search party. Uh, but again, my, my, you know, my logic is flawed. Uh, uh, Cause I didn't see, even see that. I mean, this would be considered, I think this movie has entered uh, the holiday class. I mean, I think this, if you're on the cable channel 24 hours a day, that's your holiday classic. I mean, I don't think there's any arguments. 
And I guess they never associated the movie with the holidays. Like in like people say the feels, like it didn't give me the holiday feels. So, so that was another reason I guess, like, again, I'm just trying to process why I missed this movie. And I like, I don't know. So, but so again, when I saw it, finally, uh, like here's a lot of things to love about it. Macaulay Culkin is great. Uh, uh, Catherine, uh, my gosh, her name is like one of, one of our beloved, uh, S, uh, second city actresses, uh, from SCTV, uh, whose name Catherine uh, will come to me it, from, she's been in our, some of our favorite, uh, Tim Burton movies and many other things. Uh, but of course, uh, Catherine Keener's name's coming to me, which is a different actress. Uh, but she, she plays the mother. Uh, the dad's played by somebody, and I'm sorry, I don't know their name, uh, but you, they, you say, okay, yeah, they're in the, that's the person that's in the movies. I mean, they're doing, you know, they're a very successful actor. And in the kid, I'm sure there's probably one, like in the kids in the movie, I'm sure there's like one or two famous kids. Uh, but I can't say, like, I, I guess, like, I've only seen the movie tw- like once or twice. And then in the background on VHS across the library uh, playing. I mean, I see, like, uh, Anne Hathaway was one of the older siblings, but that's just, like, could be made up in my brain. And, again, that's a risky bet when I'm saying the movie could have been made anywhere from 86 to 99. So, again, I'm not, I never, this is tell the tape in my brain. Again, I'm not a historian. Uh, I think there's probably a Christmas tree on the cover of this movie, though. But again, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know why I missed the movie. I'm sorry, Macaulay. Please take me. Like, I could wear a T-shirt of you wearing a T-shirt of Ryan Gosling if you want, right, to apologize. And, uh, you know, shoot, I just almost had Catherine's last name, but you, you'll recognize her. Uh, so, okay, so, okay, so, oh, Daniel Stern and uh, Joe Pesci are the other big leads. And Daniel Stern, of course, anybody that was raised in the 80s and watched Wonder Years, uh, uh, like, uh, like, I feel like we'll say, well, you know, Daniel Stern's voice is the voice of uh, my childhood from, you know, like I would always like, uh, you know, narrate in Daniel Stern's voice or whatever. And Joe Pesci was uh, famous for, I think, this role and a similar role in My Cousin Vinny where he kind of plays like a Jersey tough guy, loud mouth uh, character, which I guess isn't uh, different than uh, some other uh, wonderful Scorsese, Scorsese, Scorsese uh, movies that he's appeared in where uh, uh, they were unbelievable. And yeah, there's probably other people in the movie and J- John Candy's in it. And uh, he's part of like a theory I have, uh, but so, like, uh, what I missed, like, what I really enjoyed most was the beginning of the movie. And I guess when you think about people, like, uh, the emotional uh, situation of the kid's name, Kevin. Uh, uh, so we have this Chicago home, very big, like, uh, very John uh, Hughes. Did they say the movie was made by John Waters, maybe at the beginning? That would be great if John Waters remade Home Alone. That would be unbelievable. Can I get a what, what? Like, even a stage play, uh, Home Alone, by John, like a stage version of the movie. How about that? Uh, that would be so sick. Uh, and then and have Macaulay Culkin in it. 
Holy cow. I wish I had a pen. But so, it, like, just like John Hughes movies, there's usually this, this suburban, uh, like, a shot of the house. And, and I don't know, like, it feels like they use different but similar houses. And uh, this was a big white house, I think. And it opens in a frenzied situation of the night. Well, I don't know where it opens, but at some point, the first thing I remember is this is frenzied situation of a family the night before they're going on vacation. I think Anne Hathaway is in the movie. Maybe. But uh, uh, anyway, so there's like a, there's this here's Kevin, who's the youngest. Uh, maybe there's a girl that's younger than him. One of his sisters, I would assume. Uh, but their family's getting ready for a vacation, and so they're, everybody's in the house, and uh, Kevin's seeking attention, but everybody's busy getting ready for vacation, so he can't get any attention. And I feel bad for my brother Kenneth, because uh, he was a kind of in Kevin's role, but we only had six kids. I don't know, this family seemed like there's at least eight, because uh, with six, you're going to keep track, but once you get over six, you say, well, there's probably like eight or ten kids in this freaking house. And I don't know how many were cousins or whatever, but I think there was just an aunt and an uncle there. And they were all going to France or something. I think they were going to France or England. Uh, and I don't know if it was for vacation or what. Like, I guess none of that I really paid attention to. But let's say they're going to Paris uh, for the holidays or Thanksgiving, which would be interesting. Uh uh, like for the holidays, let's say they're going to Paris for the holidays. I don't really remember. And I think they were like, I don't know if they were flying through. No, I guess Chicago, you probably get to either one of those cities, London or Paris, uh, direct. Uh, and so it's the night before they're getting ready. Kevin says, seeking attention. His mother's like, Kevin, you got your stuff packed. And he, I think Kevin's like, I don't want no one listens to Kevin, but he tries to say one, I don't have any clean clothes. And two, I don't have a bag or something. Or he's is seeking help. Uh, and the house is just chaotic. Uh, and it's very comedic, but you kind of get the sense that Kevin's a little down. And you really get the sense uh, that Kevin's trying, uh, seeking attention and actual assistance. And then his Bugs, I think, is his oldest brother. Bugs is not nice. And then at some point, uh, like Joe Pesci shows up. He's dressed in costume, but we don't know that. Uh, and he's pretending he's for the, for working for the Chicago PD. And also a guy shows up with like 15 pizzas. And also the uncle's there. And like the uncle's a little bit aloof, uh, like uh, Kevin's uncle. And then the guy's like trying to get paid for the pizzas. And Joe Pesci's trying to find an adult. And I think he finally talks to Kevin. He says, is this your mom or dad home or something? Uh, he kind of talks down. And then Joe Pesci's thing is like, well, I'm just making sure you're going to be home for the holidays. Or you're going to be gone. And they say, we're going to be gone. And Joe Pesci says, great. Well, we're going to have an eye out for you. So don't worry one bit. When are you going to be back? And they say, well, not for two weeks. We're going to be go to Paris or whatever, London. And he says, I see London. I see France. Uh, don't worry. I'll keep an eye on your house. That's my job. Uh, but I think he also he expresses like a hidden uh, animosity towards children at some point, maybe. Yeah, then the guy finally gets paid for the pizzas. And this really was the emotional hook for me. Was like, uh, I think Kevin, like, uh, 
like, like he's off trying to get his socks together or whatever. And the family sits down to eat pizza. And then Kevin, they say, Kevin, why are you like, why aren't you eating dinner? Like, get in here. Like, he's already, he was trying to do something right. And then he gets in trouble. And then he gets in and there's no pizza left. Uh, and he's crushed, understandably. And they say, well, why didn't you get here on time, Kevin? Of course, there's no pizza for you. And I mean, anybody's ever been a kid and has loved pizza. I mean, even if you go to a pizza party as an adult, uh, I mean, I don't know about you because I'm not, I'm, I'm a, like, uh, not a great person. I'm like watching the pizzas say, okay, how many pizzas? I'm pretty hungry, man. I could keep eating this pizza all day. So, but poor Kevin, he doesn't get any pizza. I don't even think there's, and then Bug says, well, figures because you're, you know, like Bug says something that nice. They think something gets spilled on somebody and everybody goes, Kevin. Uh, so he just keeps getting like a uh, like bad thing piled on bad thing when he wasn't uh, acting out or uh, like he was just going against uh, trying to get like advocate K for himself and survive in the chaos and uh, but nothing too harsh just enough that you feel like this connection to Kevin. And then I think out loud or alone with his mom, at some point, Kevin starts to pout, which is understandable. And at some point, he wishes away his family. And uh, like, I wish you weren't like, I wish I was like uh, home alone or something. And that's really the, uh, the whatever the, the through point of the movie is he says, you know, geez, I wish you weren't my family or I wish I like, I really hope. uh and his mom, like he says it in such a way, and she does a great delivery of, uh, like he says it either to her or out loud in the live, the dining room. And she says, like, oh, well, geez, you better be careful. Your wish will come true, uh, and then you'll miss all of us or whatever. And uh, she, she's not she's not happy, and then Kevin's a little sad, so he goes up to his room or something. He think he lives up in the attic, or he goes and like sleeps in the extra room. Maybe that's it. Like even his bedroom's been taken over by his aunt and his uncle, so he's like, "Where am I going to sleep?" And they go, "Go somewhere else, Kevin." Uh, so he ends up like sleeping in a hamper or something, and then he wakes up the next day. Well, he's still asleep. Uh, and whatever his uh, his parents and everything, uh, like they wake up the next day at like six in the morning. For some reason, like they had messed up their time anyway. Everyone slept in, I think. Uh, so then they're rushing to get to the airport, and they had some system for counting the kids with the older siblings, but something was off about that. So they get everybody in the car and they head to the airport. And they're running late. So then, like, you see them running through the airport, running to get on the plane. Uh, everyone getting on the plane, like, oof, we just made it. Oof, we made it to our flight to France or whatever. You know, transcontinental uh, flight. And then, like, I think there's one shot of the parents, like, saying, oh, boy, they're on the flight. They say, get us some champagne. Because uh, uh, we just barely made it. Now we're on Easy Street. Uh, and mom has kind of a look of unsettled. She says, oh, I can't believe you. And the husband's like, don't worry, honey. We really made it. Uh, now we can relax. And she says, well, I'm still off a little. Uh, and then the camera goes to Kevin, who wakes up in, in his house. 
And now I can't only remember the movie. Like, well, let's talk about the scene, like the, the, whatever the parts of the story. Like, so Kevin wakes up, uh, and this was a big twist, actually surprising twist. Even watching the movie, uh, was this first, uh, this first part of Kevin being home alone. You know, this was trailer material, but it still was delivered. Like, uh, I mean, like I say, with Game of Thrones and other stuff, it's like uh, the, the reason these movies become timeless or beloved is uh, it, it, like even though it's like this uh, pretty well-known story is the ability to put these little things in there, like to not getting the pizza. But then even this morning, like Kevin wakes up and I'm not exactly even sure how they do it. Uh, but at first, he's like looking around his house, and it very quickly realizes he's home alone. Or it's like a kind of slow reveal, and there, where you'd expect some sort of uh, like I don't know, like where you're trying to figure out his emotional state, uh, he becomes super enthusiastic, and uh, then there's a hilarious set of scenes with Kevin home alone, living the dream, eating. Uh, you know, cereal and candy and ice cream, uh, like sleeping in his parents' bed, watching TV, like just doing whatever he wanted to do and having fun, like just this freedom of a child of many children and just joy. And then we also get the next plot, which is at some point we see Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci planning, and they say, hey, we're going to... um." Uh, borrow a bunch of, uh, like, like they said, this is the VHS era. You're supposed to return your VHS tapes rewound. And they said they were going to go to all these places in Chicago and return everybody's DVD, like, uh, VHS tapes unrewound, uh, just to play a little tricky poo on everybody. So they were planning on doing that in every house in Kevin's neighborhood. And that's why Joe Pesci had scouted it out. So, well, nobody's going to be home. So it'll be like, great, our friends uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern are returning our VHS tapes to Blockbuster. Uh, but really, I think it was like a corporate message that they worked for, you know, that we're going to get assessed a $199 no rewound fee. And it's like a secret charge. And I guess maybe they were working on commission. Like, probably that was it. Like they were going to get 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 percent, 99 cents. And so 99.5 cents, I don't know exactly, but, uh, yeah, so that was their game. So we see them say, oh, anyone that lived in that era says, oh, no, don't return the tapes of Blackbuster, not rewound. Uh, they have your credit card on file, or if they don't, then you can't check out, uh, and you got to pay a bunch of money. You know, thank goodness for digi- digital distribution. What a lucky era we live in, uh. It, but like, uh, I guess, uh, or somebody makes a free podcast, uh, you say, what's what if they had to pay one anyway? Uh, but so, uh, so let's see. So, so we have Kevin home alone. Then we have Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci planning on returning all these VHS tapes. And then at some point we get, uh, uh, almost had it, uh, but the mother, uh, realizing on the plane that, uh, she says like Kevin and, uh, I remember watching a movie with the kids and they said, she's like, I can't believe it took this mom like uh, 38 minutes or whatever to realize she left uh, Kevin at home. 
and they were really kind of like, uh, like they were really adamant about it. Like, uh, these are high school age kids. They said, this is like ridiculous. Uh, and they like, uh, very analytical. And I said, holy cow, you guys are right. Uh, never looked at it through that lens of like, uh, like what, but it's, so it's just interesting, but it, it's true too. It's like, uh, but she feels it. She says, I can't believe I forgot Kevin. Yeah, so maybe then there's a scene or two on the plane of them coming to grips with that. Uh, and then there's them arriving in uh, trying to get a hold of Kevin, which somehow they miss Kevin. I can't figure out that part uh, right now. And also, like, her, this family saying, well, we'll stay in Paris. You go home and go to Kevin. Uh, and then trying to figure out how to get home during the holidays or Thanksgiving, whenever it was. Uh, but then, so we return to Kevin, who is like uh, exploring this new world. And it's a contrast uh, to uh, like, not only is it fun, but you see, well, Kevin can feed Kevin's self, maybe not healthy, and have fun and revel in this ability. Well, my needs weren't getting met, uh, but now I'm meeting my own needs. Uh, and even in this jokey way, Kevin's maturity kind of uh, levels up, I guess you'd say, because then Kevin decides, well, I got to go to the store, and I kind of got to figure out uh, navigating this world. And I can't remember if Kevin drives a car or not. I don't remember. Uh, but Kevin goes out to the store and into the world. And I don't know at what point Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern realize, uh, but whatever, they had a schedule uh, to, 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 to return the tapes from Kevin's house. But so Kevin goes out, then we realize he's his neighbor. And we realize his neighbor is like a little bit like a, um, older grouch, uh, you know, that Kevin mistakes, uh, for, for not a nice person. And so Kevin's like a little bit worried about having encounters with his neighbor. Also, he's worried about paying for stuff. I think he like it, it breaks into his piggy bank or, or bugs his piggy bank uh, to pay uh, for toothpaste. Uh, if at some point he shaves, that's like the big because uh, he does the monk uh, where he clasps his hands to his face after he shaves and puts on aftershave. Uh, but so let's see, where were we? So Kevin um, goes to the store. I really don't remember much about it other than he tries to buy the stuff. Uh, and then he leaves, I think, because he sees his neighbor. His neighbor says, what are you buying stuff, Kevin? And he says, no. He says, where's your parents? And he says, it's the bathroom or whatever. Uh, whatever. Kevin has to get groceries, I would assume. I don't know. I don't remember what Kevin bought other than toothpaste. Uh, uh, but, you know, sundries. Uh, I think that's what they call them. But Kevin successfully navigates that despite an obstacle. And maybe he overpaid and ran, uh, uh, so he had to, like, get back home and uh, batten down the hatches again, uh, which makes him insular because of the neighbor. And then, uh, I don't know. And I don't know if it ever gets, like, old. Uh, uh, but I think it's just funny that, like, the mom says, well, just wait if your wish came true and no one was home. Uh, that was the other thing that Kevin is dawning is that his wish was granted. And it's awesome until complications ensue, uh, which in, in the form of this movie is, uh, uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern trying to return these videotapes, uh, but first they have to get them. 
And this kind of uh, unfolds, I guess, like in a series of uh, uh, stakes getting raised, I guess. Uh, and I'm not sure at first, maybe they just knock on the door and Kevin turns on lights. So I say, what the heck? Somebody's there? Or he, and then at some point he turns on, um, no, that's later, but whatever, Kevin, the lights are on or whatever. So they say, there's not supposed to be anybody there, but there is, uh, then at some point they try to sneak in. They say, we'll just sneak in and get the videotapes or turn them. And then Kevin, uh, uses the TV to, to, to make them run away, uh, to think that a, a person that says, and you're not touching my videotapes, kid. I hit the road. I re, I re, be kind, rewind. Uh, so, so that happens. And then Daniel Stern and, uh, Joe Pesci run away. But then it says, some saying Joe, Joe Pesci's thinking. And he says, no, no, no. We, like, uh, he goes, I think there's just a, maybe they see Kevin go to the store and go back. And they say, there's just a kid there by himself. Uh, he's going to love it. And then I, I guess this part, like, uh, there's a leap that I miss. Uh, like, does, is Kevin, uh, like, where, I don't, I'm not sure if Kevin already ever takes a turn, a retreat turn, or not. Like, they make that first effort, and Kevin was not happy about it, but he, he definitely uh, uses the TV to, to send them on the merry way. Uh, but now they say, hey, we're going to get in the house, and... So I don't know if there's a scene in there where Kevin uh, does a retreat, like, uh, I'm just going to stay in bed or whatever. That's usually, I mean, that's how I deal with most situations. I close, you know, I say, if I pull these covers over my head, either literally or metaphorically, well, hopefully all these things will go away. Yeah, but this is a movie. But, but I, again, I'm not sure if there is a scene like that or not I, that I can remember. But it, then Joe Pesci and Kevin, uh, Daniel Stern decide to double down. Now, meanwhile, back with the mom, she's also doubling down. She says, I'm getting to find, go get home to see my kids at home alone. And they can't get it. Like, I think at some point they turn off the phones to Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci. So they can't get a hold of Kevin. And the, the uh, you see a little bit of like a bureaucratic ineptitude of trying to help her uh, get a hold of her son. Yeah, uh, but it, whatever, she ends up starting to fly, and she can only get a, fly, a flight to, like, New York City, and then she's trying to get across the country. So she's dealing with the progressive complications, too. Uh, but then we see Kevin really move into a stage of aptitude of uh, saying, no one's coming to take the videotapes to my house, unrewound, and return them. Also, as a minor, I'm not even authorized, I think, to return the videotapes without my family. So he does like a lot of fun, creative things. Like he ices up the stairs. Uh, and I think from a multi-level, multi-generational comedy, you get a lot of slapstick. You get a lot of this kid, you know, thinking outside the box. And you get these anticipations where you think one thing's going to happen. And uh, uh, Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci think one thing's going to happen. And so Kevin keeps advancing, and they keep advancing and getting meaner. Uh, but uh, Kevin keeps coming out on top. Uh, but uh, there's a, the, the, then there's a, there's another moment. So I guess there is one more beat uh, where Kevin has, like, whatever you want to call it, the dark night of the soul, which we'll come back to because his mom is going through the same thing. She reaches... Uh, 
somewhere in the Midwest, and she's trying to rent a car. And they say, listen, it's Christmas Eve or whatever. We, we got no cars. And behind her in line is a John Candy. And I have a theory about this. It's not exactly a podcast theory, but that uh, John Candy says, well, we could give you a ride because uh, – I can't remember what it was, and I, I, I don't know anybody else's voice. This theory, uh, so I'd have to look it up. I guess I can't even remember. But John Candy's in a polka band. He says, "Hey, don't you remember our big hits, a polka polka?" He says, well, "We're not going to Chicago, but we're going to Milwaukee or something." So, uh, you know, maybe we could give you a ride in our like we got a U-Haul full of pol- polka people. Yeah, but I was really wondering if. Uh, like, uh, John Candy was representing some sort of good, good God, a Greek Roman god. I don't know. I saw like it was some sort of, uh, like, like with this band. I don't know. I, like, if I wrote five, five, uh, fan fiction about Home Alone, it would be about John Candy's character and his band and what they're up to. Uh, but another big point of order is that, uh, in this scene on Instagram was shared uh, that there's in line at the uh, waiting to rent the cars. There's another gentleman with a beard. Uh, and you can find this on the internet. This people say that's Elvis. Uh, and I showed the picture to people just because I thought it was amusing. And everyone said, no, that doesn't look like Elvis. And they said, yeah, but Elvis in this year, whatever, in 1986 to 1999, whatever year when Elvis was that age. Uh, but it was fun to think about what well, Jesus would if Elvis was an extra in Home Alone. Uh, who who doesn't get amused by that? Uh, most people, turns out most people don't. Other than I, I do. Uh, but so, I, I don't know. I found that music. But then she gets in the car and like interspersed with Kevin's scenes is her traveling with John Candy's band and, you know, trying to get home to Kevin. Now, meanwhile, Kevin has a, this dark night of the soul. And I'm not exactly sure when it really is. Uh, I don't know if it's at, maybe it's after his victory against uh, Stern and uh, uh, Pesci, or if it's like before they give one last try. But Kevin goes out and he goes, I think, to like his... Uh, like local holiday thing, like, uh, so maybe it's Christmas Eve and he's just a little lonely. Cause I kind of remember like a nativity scene and carolers, uh, like a family moment where everybody's sharing holiday Eve. And then, uh, Kevin sees his neighbor, this older, uh, neighbor of his, who he always thought was a grouch. And, uh, he, like the neighbor kind of sneaks up on him and he says, hey, Kevin. And I think Kevin had lost his wallet. Uh, he says, hey, I found your wallet, uh, you know, or fake ID or whatever. Uh, but, uh, yeah, maybe Kevin paid by credit card. I don't I don't know. But, uh, like, when you ran out of the store, you seemed like you were running around. You haven't seen your family at all either. And Kevin goes, yeah, yeah. And he goes, don't worry. I'm your friend. Uh, you don't get to be worried. And you get this sense of warmness. Again, I don't know how they did this so well, but where you say, okay. And you can feel Kevin let his guard down a little bit. Uh, and he says, uh, again, you just know that he says, geez, I need uh, uh, some wisdom. I'm having the dark night of the soul, and you're my mentor figure. But they really deliver it. Like uh, you get the sense that Kevin has this one last need 
to push him on to his next thing. And this grants it. He gives him some piece of wisdom. Like, you know, on Christmas Eve, uh, the brightest light in the sky is the light within your heart or something. And it's okay to love people that aren't perfect because no one's perfect. He even tells a story about his daughter. And uh, Kevin says, huh, you're right. Uh, I'm going to get home and uh, I'm going to think about, you know, the, the, the birdhouse in my soul and not to put too fine a pine on it. Uh, uh, and he says, you're right about this. I can feel it. And the, the, his neighbor says, well, Kevin, I'm here if you need me. Uh, and Kevin says, I, mean, I don't think I do. And then Kevin goes back, and uh, he's already learned the real spirit of the holidays. And then uh, if if there's one last lesson to be taught, it's taught to Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern to, like, keep out of other people's VHS tapes and don't come up with some shady system of returning the tapes at other people's expense because no one's going to like that. Uh, and whatever. So that, that happens, and... Uh, Trying to think what, what, uh, what, uh, let's see. What does happen after that? Uh, I don't know. But then finally the mom arrives, and I don't exactly remember, but I'm sure that her and she, Kevin share this moment, uh, of love. Uh, but really the mo- movie does end with Kevin's victory over, uh, the people trying to mess with the tape, where you see Kevin has achieved, uh, the right mix of adulthood and childhood vulnerability, I, I think, uh, with the scene with the neighbor. And since I'm remembering my order, I'm not exactly sure. But then, yeah, Kevin has already achieved it. Uh, and I guess in some sense, then, like, he can have, what do they call that? Uh, I don't know what do Campbell calls it. Something with the mother, or whatever, or something with the father, where he says, hey, mom, uh, I do love you, but, I, I you know, how about some more friggin' attention and some, I can't even remember saving me a slice of pizza. And, uh, she asked for forgiveness, Kevin, but Kevin says, now I'm much more mature and, uh, this won't happen again until we go to the hotel in the New York city one, uh, uh, made in Manhattan or whatever, made it like uh, home alone lost in New York. Uh, but yeah, I think that's what it's called. And she says, well, I love you. And he says, I love you, too. And then the neighbor probably says, hey, uh, can I come over for dinner? They say, of course you can. Uh, this is great. And Daniel Stern and uh, Joe Pesci lose their license to return Blockbuster tapes, uh, which ends up uh, bankrupting that whole company. And the movie comes to a close uh, with probably, like, I don't know if Danny Elfman did the music or... Uh, what, but, uh, probably with another shot of the house again, and then, uh, some scrolling, uh, some scrolling credits. And it was, uh, like, uh, it was great to, uh, watch, uh, even though I was late to the game. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So thanks so much and good night.